Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the last dance, last chance edition. As the Bengals get set for their preseason finale in Washington, giving players one last chance to make their case for the 53-man roster or the 16-man practice squad. Coming up, Dave Lapham joins me to discuss some key topics at this stage of the preseason, including the most important one of all, will Joe Burrow be the starting quarterback in week one at Cleveland? Then, I'll talk to one of those guys who is hoping for a big game on Saturday night to improve his chances of sticking around. Undrafted wide receiver, Shedrick Jackson. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since seeing the all-time greats in person. One of my goals as a sports fanatic is to see the legends of my lifetime in person, if possible. I've been incredibly lucky. I've seen Michael Jordan dunk, Ken Griffey Jr. swing, Tiger Woods drive, Tom Brady pass, and Roger Federer serve. And now, I can add Lionel Messi to the list. The soccer legend didn't disappoint on Wednesday night with two sublime assists and a successful penalty shootout strike in Miami's dramatic win over FC Cincinnati. I thought my friend Joe Daneman from Fox 19 in Cincinnati described the superstar's heroics perfectly when he tweeted that, Messi is inevitable. The true superstars usually are. Now, let's get to football and a look at some key questions at this stage of training camp with my broadcast partner Dave Lapham. Lap with one game left in the preseason. The number two quarterback job is still up in the air. Jake Browning has the better stats so far, but he has never thrown a pass in a regular season NFL game. Trevor Simeon has 30 starts under his belt. Where do you think things stand right now? Boy, it's it's a close competition. There's no question. I mean, I think um, you point out the the thing that you're going to have to, on one side of it, you've got a young guy, very inexperienced. you got a veteran player. That's seen a lot, been exposed to a lot of different uh, offenses, a lot of different situations, maybe not on the football field, but has experience and then has more reps, obviously, on the football field as well. So you weigh that experience. The flip side of it, got a younger guy who has been in the Bengals system longer, who has done as well, and, you know, it's almost a dead heat, and he's younger. So, I mean, those that's, that's, the, that's the quandary. I'm going to have to make a decision. It's going to come come right down to looks like the, you know, the practices are are equally important. I think than as the performances, and they've done as good a job as they possibly can in terms of guys having, quote, you know, maybe better players around them, not to give an edge one way or the other in terms of well, he always had the, you know, the, the backup at every position, not guys struggling and trying to make the final roster kind of thing. So all those go into one big pot. And you stir it up and come up with a decision. I mean, it's it's a it's a, a definite battle. There's no question. Does one or the other have to be the backup at least in week one? I could see them bringing in another quarterback from somebody else's roster, but it's hard for me to imagine that guy 
would immediately become the backup. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I mean, I think, you know, just unlearning and relearning terminology um, that would be, you know, stressful. It's it's not like, depending on who the quarterback is and how much experience he has, just about any quarterback would understand the concepts that the Bengals are, are talking about and what they'd be, um, you know, presenting to that individual to to understand. But then w- what do you call it? What's the terminology? And, um, you know, sometimes you can be bogged down a little bit just by language alone in terms of communication and, and calling the play properly and all that sort of thing in the huddle for, for everybody else. So um, I think it would be, you know, not impossible, but a, a tough, tough task for sure to have somebody come in off the street and, and um, you know, God forbid, have to be the guy, you know, to, to lead them up there in Cleveland on the road against the Browns if the backup has to play, and hopefully that's not the case. Now, one name that we've talked about off-air, people have started to speculate in various places, is Brandon Allen, who's been Joe Burrow's backup for the last three years. Right now he's in San Francisco. By all accounts, he's number four on their depth chart. Hard to believe they'll keep four. Uh, They've got Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance. If he's cut, as is widely expected, should the Bengals try to sign him at least to the practice squad? I think that would be a good move if, in fact, uh, you know, that could present itself because um, here's a guy that obviously understands this offense, and, and when he called upon, he had some decent performances. I mean, mm-hmm. he went out there and executed that game down in Houston. He, he put up some really good numbers, I mean, no, no question about it, and I think he's highly respected uh, by people in the organization, by Joe Burrow. I think, you know, the quarterback room would be – uh, welcoming him with open arms. Uh, so it would be a very, very smooth and easy transition and something that uh, has some potential, possibly. One thing to keep in mind is if he is cut, the Bengals might not be the only team that goes after him. There's been speculation that the Rams would be interested. He's familiar with Sean McVay sure. uh, from having time, having spent time there as a backup. So just because he's cut doesn't mean the Bengals have a free opportunity. And by free, I'm not talking about dollars and cents, but can just automatically add him He's going to consider whatever options he might have. Yeah, and and uh, you know he's a vested player, obviously more than four uh, four vested years, so he's free. He, he doesn't have to go through like the guys years one, two, and three. If they're let go, they have to go through the draft order. You know, just uh, the teams that finish worst to best. You know, they get the teams that finish worst get the best shot, first shot, I should say, and then all the way up to the to the best team in the NFL having the final shot. So, but he is, he's free to, he's free to go anywhere and, uh, and, and choose a situation that he thinks is best for him. So yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. And I, and he would just because of his experience with, uh, head coaches that are still in the national football league, he would draw some interest. There's no question. So we were watching practice the other day. I was on one part of the field. You were studying the offensive line. You walked over to me raving about Jackson Carmen's physical ability it hasn't consistently carried over when he's played in games. Is it confidence? Is it technique? Why do you think those great tools don't consistently produce great performance? Yeah, I think I think consistency is is um, you know more more of a, a mental thing. Focus, concentration. You know, don't don't let your mind stray. Um, don't be overcome by something if 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 there's movement in the defensive front. You know, don't freeze. Uh, you know, try to try to keep yourself in as good a mindset as you possibly can, because if, if if he's playing free and easy mentally, physically he can get it done. I mean, physically he's got he's got 
a heck of a toolbox. He really does. Um, but I think it is. It's it's just, you know, now now he might be in a little bit of a situation where he, he was pressing, you know, some. Um, and who knows what's going through mind of a young guy like that. But uh, if he goes up to the line of scrimmage with confidence, knowing that this is exactly what I'm going to do, if they make this kind of a, an adjustment, I know this is what I'm going to do. And hesitancy just kills you. I mean, if you if you're if you have any doubt uh, when the ball is snapped and you're thinking, should I do this or do that? It's it's done. You're you're beaten before the play even starts. So the, the, the physical part of it is just a part of it, and, and it's a good part to have. But all areas of the mental aspect of the game, you know, have to be fine tuned as well. And and I think that's where you know he's he's had a little bit of a, a, a struggle. You know, and then and if you do have a a problem physically like you didn't take the proper step that's a mental thing as well i mean physically you're capable of doing it but mentally if you took a improper angle or whatever the case may be now all of a sudden you're doubting yourself again and you know that is the worst enemy of anything in uh, any athlete in sports self-doubt kills you destroys you the only offensive starter who has played so far in the preseason and will probably be the only starter that plays in the preseason is Jonah Williams, a right tackle. He got his first NFL snaps at right tackle last week in Atlanta. How'd you think he did? I thought he did pretty well. Um, you know, I think there was a, a mix up in, in the, in that drive in that there was a play that was supposed to be <laughs> changed. And I think formationally, it looked like it was odd. He was cut. He was um, doing an assignment on the backside that you wouldn't do on the backside, you'd do on the front side. <laughs> and so there was some sort of problem when I looked at it again. It's like, I, you know, boy, that makes Jonah look really bad. But I think it might have even been a back lined up on the wrong side of the quarterback from a formation standpoint. The whole thing was disjointed. And, and that's the only snap where it looked like, you know, in first blush it was like, that didn't look. But it, I don't think it was, I don't think it was his, his problem necessarily i think it was something else and he was doing what he's supposed to do and that's the thing if, if you don't if, if you're looking at something it's, oh man that guy just got his butt kicked well what if the what if the play design was supposed to be something totally different he was doing exactly what he was supposed to do and you don't know that so the only people that know that are the coaches and the players um so sometimes things can look uh, one way and they're totally another that's the danger of being quote, okay, I'm going to grade this. Well, you don't know exactly what everybody's supposed to do on every single play sometimes. Um, but with all that said, I thought that he was fluid. I thought he felt comfortable, looked like he felt comfortable anyway. Um, you could tell he'd worked at it. And the whole time he was rehabbing that knee injury, he was doing some things. You know, once he found out that they were going to make the move to the right tackle position, he definitely took a bunch of sets and you know, uh, time on task, if repetition breeds comfort level, all that stuff. It's not like, you know, he sat around just feeling sorry for himself. I got to give him a lot of credit. You know, he went to work and uh, and, and fine tuned, you know, reversing the, the the sets. It's 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 interesting. People think, oh, that's that's easy to do. It's not. A lot of times, it's not. If you're, you know, not not everybody can be ambidextrous, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and it's it's a totally different feel. And it's almost like you have to remake yourself you know it's like you you have a certain way of doing things on the right side and then a certain way of doing things on the left side and I, I i can speak from experience on that because you do have you know a dominant side and you have to make adjustments and all that sort of thing so i thought that uh with all of that you know having having unfolded in a short period of time for him 
I thought he looked pretty darn good. I thought he acquitted himself well. He told me this week he's reached the point where he doesn't have to think about this hand, this foot, that kind of stuff anymore, moving from left to right. Is that kind of the, the first big key? All right, you're no longer having to process which side you're on. It is because, as, as we know, in this league, it's fast. I mean, it's instantaneous. So if you're, again, you know, okay, I have to make sure i got to put this, okay, on this play. Yeah, this right hand has to be at this number. And it has to be just like reactionary. It has to be second nature. And, again, that's, uh, you know, that self-doubt. It, it's, it's not necessarily doubt, but it's not quite totally sure of it being like an instantaneous reaction. That that uh, that makes it harder. That that puts a lot of stress on the player. So the more time on task and the rep- more repetition he gets, and then now um, it's going to be interesting because you know he hasn't gotten any reps with the right guard that he's going to be playing with in the opener up there in Cleveland. So um, it's it, it's going to be a, a little bit of an adjustment there. It'll be time on task with live bullets. So it'll be an interesting thing to to, to watch how it progresses. Much more to come with Lap, including his thoughts on the likelihood that Chidabe Awuje and Joe Burrow will play in the season opener. But first, a reminder that the Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. And by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. You did a great podcast this week with Chidabe Awuje. I highly recommend listening to In the Trenches with Dave Lapham. The stuff that he said about chess in and of itself uh, made it a great listen. Cheeto started doing 11-on-11 stuff this week. He looks great physically. That's been the case for several weeks. But he is not committing yet to playing in week one. He says he'll know when he's ready. What do you think? I guess maybe I'm I'm a combination of thinking and hoping. <laughs> but I, I just, watching him flip his hips and run um, and, and the things that he did in, not only in seven-on-seven seven and team, it was, it was impressive. It was really impressive. So I, I, I do think, you know, like, like he said on the podcast, he goes, I, I felt like I'd play after four months. You know, I felt that good, but you can't do that. But that tells you the type of condition that he's in, the type of athlete he is. You know, hit, hit, these guys, their bodies are like, it's ridiculous. I mean, they, they're so uh, capable of bouncing back from serious trauma in such a short period of time. It, it's, it, it really is incredible. But, yeah, I think, you know, he's been taking a ton of mental reps. He's been out there into it the whole time. Um, and you know, if now now you start to fall into a category like Joe Burrow, of you know, it's you're you're fresh, you you're, you're not beaten up at all. You don't have any training camp nicks, bumps, bruises, nothing. I mean, you feel as good as you've ever felt going into a, a start in a regular season because you you know you've taken some mental things and you've done some of the of the work here down the stretch, and hopefully for both of them, a couple of weeks prior to that uh, first regular season game, they'll get significant work in um but that's that's the positive of it it's like man i've never felt better in my life to start an nfl regular season cheeto is very intellectual 
he may even be a little bit superstitious. I, I don't know, but he's going back to the quote-unquote scene of the crime. Yeah. The injury happened at Cleveland on Halloween. That's where the Bengals open. He's going to be competing against his good friend, Amari Cooper. That's who he was covering when it happened. Yeah. He might just be the, the type of person that he's not going to talk about it until he is out on that field in week one. I agree. You know, I, I think I think he wants to uh... – you know, control the narrative and the drama mm-hmm. and everything associated with it as best he possibly can. And and the best way to do that is to is to not be definitive, you know, mm-hmm. as to what your what your plans are. So um I, I it's gonna be it is though. It, it's so the coincidences are so like Man, it's almost like there's something else in control of this thing. It is weird. The football gods are saying, ah, "Let's take, let's let's test this guy's metal uh, by by all of these circumstances." And uh, and honestly, the football gods owe him a a year of leaving him alone in terms of an injury standpoint, because the guy had to go through quite a bit, and and he certainly did it well. Let's talk about the Bengals' leading receiver so far in the preseason, Andre Yosibosh. Nine catches for 94 yards. He's been targeted 20 times in the two preseason games. When the Bengals drafted him out of Princeton, I think I used the expression a lottery ticket at the time. I'm thinking big, strong, fast, Ivy League athlete with a track background. It's going to take a while. He's going to be a project. I was wrong. He's not a project. I think he's one of the best six receivers on the team. What do you think? Agreed. 100% agreed. And I think... um... I think the organization is a little bit surprised about how far along he is in terms of being an NFL caliber receiver. And the thing that I admire about him, um, he had a, a tendency early in training camp even to use his body, you know, and, and, and not get the full extension of his arms. That's a big plus for him. He's 6'3 with long arms. His catching radius is big, and he wasn't even utilizing it fully yet. And, uh, you know, I. I give uh, I give credit where credit's due. I mean, he was coached and he accepted the coaching and he extended those arms and he's starting. You know, he's catching with his hands now and not not catching with his body as much and and he's made a dramatic improvement in terms of high pointing and contested catches and and that sort of thing. And I think uh, there's no doubt that the uh, thing that has impressed the coaching staff is his ability to receivers have to read things and make adjustments like quarterbacks, you know, on in coverages when they're running routes. They have to be on the same page as the quarterback. And just because you're an Ivy League educated person that's intelligent doesn't necessarily equate to football IQ and uh, if, particularly if you haven't experienced all that and, it, it, you know, it's just it's at such a higher level. Uh, he's been pretty seamless and flawless in that regard, which is good. So he's got not only raw intelligence, he's got really strong football IQ as well and and, uh, you know, he's a sponge. It's like, what else you got for me? I mean, he's taking all the coaching in and looking for more. And that's what that's what you love is is a guy that, uh, you know, the good Lord blessed with all these physical attributes. Well, he, he wants to be great. I mean, he wants to be do everything he possibly can to maximize that and accepting coaching the right way is a is a great way to do it. And it's like Cordell Volson's like that, you know, the young left guard. I mean, he's physically gifted, but, you know, he knows that he he needs to maximize what the good Lord has given him, and that that guy works, man. And Yosivash the same. I mean, they have a lot of young players and a lot of players, period, on this football team that uh, that really work hard. Speaking of Cordell Volson, 
What do you make of Joe Mixon saying he is a potential Hall of Famer <laughs> at this stage of his career? Pump the brakes a little bit, but <laughs> I like it. I mean, I, I really like it. It's great when teammates have that kind of feeling about another teammate. Um, but I've had conversations with Cordell Volson and, and uh, said, you know, even from this year, um, I said, Cordell, you know, watching you this year as, as compared to last year, man, you, you really worked at it. And, and he's, you know, 325 pounds with the lowest body fat of the, any offensive lineman. So he, he, he has done it right. He's worked extremely hard. And, you know, he, he looked at me and he said, you know, Lap, I, I want to be great, man. My, my goal is to be great. I just don't want to be okay or, you know, good. I, I want to be great. And I'm like, that's half the battle right there, man, you know, having that kind of an attitude. So, I mean, he's a guy that any offensive line coach would love to work with, and he's got a good one to work with. Frank Pollock is is a guy that gives you all kinds of tools to put in that toolbox, and, you know, you, you can you can change some of the tools in that toolbox on a week-to-week basis, and Cordell Volson is capable of, you know, applying all of it. So it's a good combination there. I have not heard anyone refer to Jalen Davis as a potential Hall of Famer. <laughs> but Chidabe Awuja calls him everyday Davis because he seemingly makes plays every day. He had a couple of interceptions at a practice this week. He's had a bunch of them in this training camp. Is Jalen Davis the starting nickel corner on most NFL teams, in your opinion? Bingo. Absolutely. I mean, to me, to me it's like... The Cincinnati Bengals, they just extended their two linebackers. Both of their linebackers, you know, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, are three down players. In the NFL, in today's NFL, the way the offenses have evolved, if you've got one three down linebacker on your roster, you're fortunate. When you have two, and then throw Akeem Davis Gaither in the mix as three, Marcus Bailey can pretty much get there as well. Four? Are you kidding me? Well, now the Bengals, getting back to Davis, two corners that are starting caliber slot corners in the NFL. I mean, you go to your dime package, you got you got both slots covered by these guys. I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable in terms of having, uh, you know, depth and, and talented depth at, at these position groups. It, it, it really is. Um, they've, they've identified guys. They've identified them properly. And these guys have come in and, and, uh, and, and the mesh – between the coach and player has been extraordinary. So now one plus one equals three, and they're in a good spot defensively. Luana Rumo can do a lot of things with these guys, with the versatility and the depth of the versatility he's got in that roster. We can't have a podcast conversation without discussing the quarterback, yeah. Joe Burrow. As we tape this, we are 18 days away from the season opener at Cleveland. We saw Joe today in the Bengals cafeteria, pink T-shirt, Shorts, looking comfortable, looking fine, looking happy. I think things are trending in the right direction, but we don't see him uh, with the training staff behind the scenes or whatever he might be doing in walkthrough periods or anything like that. Is Joe Burrow the starting quarterback in week one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I really believe that he is. You know, when I watch him just just walking around, physically he looks as, as strong and and as ready as I've ever seen him. I mean, he, he looks he looks unbelievable. The one thing you don't have to worry about with this training camp, you know, as you start to think about positives, all quarterbacks worry about dead arm, too many throws. Hmm. Don't have to worry about that. You know, uh, you don't have to worry about bumps and bruises, nicks and little things. You know, 
that you might have accumulated during training camp. You don't have to worry about that. Unfortunately, you got the, the bump in the neck early and, and, and had to shut it down with that with that calf strain. But, you know, it's, he, he's probably the freshest physically and mentally that he's been because, I mean, he, he's come off of appendectomies where he'd lost so much weight and so much strength. He was a shell of himself, you know, or an ACL where you're, you know, you're, you're rehabbing a reconstruction of a joint, a key joint in, in your body. We're talking about a calf strain here. So, I mean, I, I just think that, that he's going to be, he's going to be off to a great start. And how many times, Dan, um, in his, in his early career here in mini camps in, in after the draft in May or whatever, it's like two days into mini camp, I'm watching him. I'm thinking, crap, this guy's ready to play right now. He's carving it up. Look at this dude. I mean, he, he he is so ready all the time. He never lets himself fall apart. I mean, he never takes, like, a downtime. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to get sloppy. I'm going to get sloppy with my preparation. I'm going to get sloppy physically. He's always on. And I, I, many times during OTAs and minicamp, it's been, the dude looks like midseason form. I have no doubt that this sucker is going to be able to throw the ball straight and accurately as he ever has with a couple of weeks of practice. There's no doubt in my mind. So I, I, you know, now in a perfect world, would you like to have been able to get a little bit more practice time with, with guys, particularly Yoshi Vosh and guys like that, mm-hmm. Charlie Jones? Yeah. But if he gets a couple of weeks with those guys, all will be good. So I, I'm, yes, he's, he's starting <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns. That's the headline from Dave Lapa, <laughs> mark it down. But when Zach Taylor says, in response to how much time does he need one rep, he's not exaggerating that much? I mean, honestly, it, it's like, okay, well, you know, he's being facetious, but, hey, there's some reality to it. I, I honestly, watching him, like I said, in these camps, mini camps and stuff, all at various points, take it, pick a spot in the off season. He never looks that different to me. He always looks like he's game ready. So I have... I have no qualms, fears whatsoever about Joe Burrow going out there and giving a, a performance that'll be, you know, exceptional against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he he went out there after the appendectomy, you know, had the turnovers. But I mean, just for him to be out there, he was literally a shell of himself physically, and he goes out there and plays in an NFL game against that caliber of a football team, coached that well by a guy like Mike Tomlin and his mm-hmm. coaching staff. And still has his team in position to potentially win the football game? I ain't worried. He'll be there. He'll be there against the Browns up in Cleveland. He'll be there. Mistake on the lake. He'll be there. From laps, lips to God's ears, let's hope he's right. And for the record, I think he is. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Following Saturday night's game at Washington, the next couple of days are going to be nerve-wracking for quite a few players on every team. Right now, NFL franchises can have 90 players By Tuesday at 4 o'clock, the roster has to be cut to 53. The following day, teams can establish a 16-man practice squad. That means that every team has to say goodbye to roughly 20 players. Multiply that by 32 teams, and nearly 650 players will be out of work 
next week. One of the Bengals' rookies facing an anxious weekend is Shedrick Jackson. With the Bengals' skill and depth at wide receiver, Jackson almost certainly won't make the 53-man roster, but he's in the running to make the practice squad. And I spoke to the undrafted rookie out of Auburn this week. All right, Shedrick, four catches last week for 42 yards in Atlanta. That's a good game. But you also had a 26-yard catch that got negated by a penalty. You drew a 30-yard pass interference penalty. Were you pretty pumped up about that performance? Uh, yeah, I feel like I went out there and, you know, made the most of my opportunities. Like you said, that last catch kind of hurt with the, with the flag coming back. As soon as I got up, I saw the flag. I knew, knew what it was, unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, just trying to build each week and get a little bit better, take advantage of my opportunities, like I said, and finish out camp strong. The first preseason game was solid as well. You had a couple of catches in that game and had the opportunity to return three kicks. They're giving you chances to show what you can do. Do you take that to be a good sign? Yeah, I think it's a great sign. Um, you know, I'm very grateful for the opportunity the Bengals give me to go out there, showcase my talents, and um, great coaching staff. Um, great teammates around me, so it's been it's been fun. We're visiting with Shedrick Jackson. I asked Zach Taylor about you today. He said he has earned my trust by understanding the playbook. He's clearly put a lot of time in and learning our offense. Is that about right? Uh, it sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since uh, you know they told me or I said I was signed with him and free agency. Um, I've just been trying to study the playbook, understand as much as I can, um, multiple receivers' positions, because that's how you, like you, like he said, gain trust and get on the field, get those opportunities. So ever since OTAs has been a been something that I prided myself on, on knowing each position and um, not only what to do but how to do it. When the head coach says he's earned my trust, is that about as good a compliment as you can get? Yeah, I mean that's up there, especially from a, a head coach in the league. So being at this level and Continue to uh, try to gain that trust is just, like I said, a big deal. Um, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing, and I'm looking to keep it going. We're chatting with Shedrick Jackson. So you're in a wide receiver room with three of the best in the game, and Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Who have you learned the most from? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, even those three guys that are coming in, I knew I would be able to look at them and take a little bit from their game and learn a lot. But even the guys behind that, a lot of people don't um, – you know, give a lot of attention to, like Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor, uh, Stan, Kwame, all those guys. So um, it's been great being in that room and just learning from a bunch of veteran guys that, that are just great people too. That's interesting. You're, you're a sponge. You can learn from anybody. Most definitely. Most definitely. So you signed with the Bengals uh, after playing at Auburn. Were you disappointed that you didn't get drafted? Did you expect to be selected? Um, I kind of knew the reality of it uh, going into it. If it wasn't, you know, somewhere in the later rounds, um, I knew that going undrafted was a possibility. So, yeah, watching it, of course, being a competitor I am, I was a little bit disappointed. But at the same time, the opportunity came with the Bengals and, you know, other teams that called. So um, I'm glad to be here and I'm, you know, pushing forward. Did it put a chip on your shoulder? Um, It did. I would say it did. We've talked before and discussed your pro day where you ran a 4-2-5-40. You're one of the fastest guys on the team. If everybody lined up at the goal line and had to sprint 40 yards, who wins? I definitely like me. Um, I think, of course, DJ Turner would be there. He ran a fast 42, but um, I like me. 
I also spoke to you this spring about your famous uncle, Bo Jackson. You had a great line. I mentioned that he was arguably the greatest athlete of all time. You said second best mm -hmm. behind me. In all seriousness, is it a great source of pride to be Bo's nephew? Yeah, it's something that I've, uh, you know, grown up with. I'm used to it by now. You know, people ask me about him. People compare me, um, you know, with the speed, strength, all that stuff. So, um, honestly, when I'm out there playing, when I'm out there practicing, you know, I'm just worried about my craft, and it doesn't really cross my mind. Um, so, yeah, it's just something I'm used to at this point. You're very good-natured when I ask you about it. Does it get annoying at times? Uh, it has in the past, and, you know, I've had to um, tell people to dial it back a little bit, but it's just, you know, something you got to live with. Uh, of course, having somebody of that stature in the game in the past, of course, they're going to get questions about it, so I'm used to it. You've got one preseason game left coming up against Washington. What are your goals for this third and final preseason game, and uh, how nerve-wracking will the days after that be? Um, I try not to think about the days after, but just going out there, continue to play football, that's all it is, and go out there, give them my all, um, continue to execute the plays, the way they're supposed to be executed, uh, make plays, and go out there and play fast. So um, just looking forward to playing football. You've earned the coach's trust. That's a good sign. Best of luck. Appreciate you. That's Shedrick Jackson. Sunday's game of Washington starts at 6 p.m. Our pregame coverage on the Bengals radio network will get underway at 4.30. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber. Future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. And by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast. <laughs>